You're listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. Visit us online at knowthecause.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash knowthecause. This is going to be a podcast that many of you have needed and wanted. Uh, We are going to be interviewing a woman who, I I dare use the word fame, Uh, she doesn't even like that word, but you see her on so many shows, uh, you know, from uh, Good Morning America to The View to uh, Dr. Phil, and she's been in Oprah Winfrey's magazines and so forth. Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman and I have known each other a long, long time, (laughs) and we let too many years pass between the time we see each other, but I'm overjoyed that she's here with us right now uh, in the studio and doing the podcast, most particularly because she has written a new book. Now, let me set, uh, uh, set the standards for what this woman has done. 40 years ago, 43 years ago, when I got into this field, oh boy, it's been longer than that, uh, to say that grain was bad was nasty. To say that fat was good was equally nasty. So to set the stage, this is a woman who came out 40, almost 40 years ago in a magazine called The Townsend Letter for Doctors Communicating with Doctors and said avocado is actually good for you and olive oil is actually good for you and a bunch of other fats, I remember reading this, And I said, be still my heart, because clinically what I was seeing in the allergy clinic I worked in was exactly that. And yet dietitians and nutritionists, let alone she has a PhD uh, in nutrition, they were all saying, no, no, Doug, fat is killing people. Welcome, Dr. Gilman. Thank you. It's so good to be with you, Doug. Haven't we had fun through the years? We've had a lot of fun through the years. You know, you've been a great pioneer in your own right, so I have to salute you in terms of the fungus connection and now that fungal connection to the development of cancer. I think Mm. that's extraordinary. It's so exciting. I can't even tell you. I think you and I both have been pioneers. Didn't you say that's someone with an arrow in their back? Yeah, pioneers yes. I, I'm going to call her a rogue nutritionist, not a pioneer. Um, when 98% of her peers went left, she turned right. Uh, and I'm so thankful she did because in doing so, she has helped so many people. If you go to Amazon.com, you can get her newest book, with, which is kind of a compilation of much of her past work in the past decades. It is called, Are You Ready? Mm. Are You Sitting Down? <laughs> Eat Fat comma, lose weight. Um, That is diametric to what many of our internal medicine uh, doctors are teaching us today. You can't eat fat to lose weight. You eat fat to become fat. And yet you say no. No, I say no. And you know, what we've been taught over the past 30 to 40 years is really dead wrong. And even though what I say in eat fat, lose weight kind of flies in the face of conventional wisdom, all the latest studies are proving me correct. Because what we now know is that people really have gotten fatter on no fat. We have seen a rise in certain types of heart disease, number one, in the growth of obesity, number two, and the amazing amount of autoimmune disease that has just come out from left field. You know, from rheumatoid arthritis to uh, cytomegalovirus to Epstein-Barr to even problems like fibromyalgia. So I think all of that is because we have done without the right fats, what I call the smart fats and have substituted lots of sugar, lots of fructose and those high fructose fruits, lots of balsamic vinegar, and lots of grains, which make too much insulin eventually, and insulin is a fat-promoting hormone. So fats stop that in its tracks. Dr. Gittleman was a guest on our show today, which is why she's in town. Normally she's out of town. 
Uh, her website is annlouise, A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E dot com. Um, you can get more information on her. But you said something on the show that really piqued my interest today. Um, and that is, here again, the rogue nutritionist. You said that be careful with those fruits. Uh, now, our phase one diet, as you know, says grapefruit, green apples, and some berries. Yum. But we don't give them this plethora of fruits. No. And you agree with that. You're, you're one of the few people with your credentials that are saying, look, fats are important. Be careful with all the sugar fructose you're getting from these fruits. And, and even though fructose initially, you know, it doesn't necessarily raise insulin levels, it does have to be processed by the liver and can be a primary reason why there's so much non-alcoholic fatty liver, number one, and why there's so many people with problems with high LDLs, number two. So we now believe that too much sugar, even in the form of high fructose fruits, can be a bad thing if taken in excess. So again, it's moderation in all things. And Doug, there was a recent article that just came out that talked about the connection between fructose in terms of fueling cancer tumors. So cancer, we know, is fueled with sugar, and even too much fructose in too many fruits can be a bad thing when it's overdone. So that's where the right fats come into play because when you're taking the right fats, you're basically using that as an anti-inflammatory, number one. Um, they, they really tamp down inflammation. But more than that, they're blood sugar stabilizers. You can't eat a lot of other things when you have a little bit of fat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and even during your snacks. So I think you can eat fat and lose weight, but too much sugar will actually make you fat and sick and be a precursor to so many of our degenerative diseases. I did see that, Dr. Gittleman. I did see that fructose actually fuels, you know, we've known since Otto Warburg's been around in the 1930s. Less that, is hard. Right. What a good, would you love to have lunch with him? <laughs> yes, what a brain like we did had. today. We, right. <laughs> we knew, we've known for almost 100 years that Cancer is a disease that is stroked, that is fed by sugar. Now we know that even those bananas, you know, um, or other sources of fructose, fruit sugar, uh, feeds cancer cells. And of course, that feeds my hypotheses that cancer so often is a fungus because fructose feeds, that's why I don't let people have a lot of fruit on the diet. It also feeds cancer, it feeds fungus. Now, you mentioned lunch. I saw you do, you and James do something interesting at lunch. Number one, thank you for the way you eat. You and, really practice. And thank you for you, buying lunch today. Isn't it good? Yeah, it was delicious. delicious. Um, so a lot of fresh veggies I saw in there, and then I saw a bottle of flax oil. It wasn't <laughs> at the restaurant. I bring, I bring my own. Right, but I saw you and James both. Why do you do that, flax oil? I do that. And it was a high lignin flax oil, number one. It's because it's a very high source of easily digestible omega-3s that I think are very important in terms of being a precursor for hormones, number one. The high lignin content acts as a kind of phytoestrogen, which modulates the xenoestrogens from the environment. It will raise estrogen if you need it, and we do need it for our skin and our bones and our, our brain functioning as women. And I also eat it because it's so very good for the brain. 60% of the brain is made from fat. And so this is a very easily digestible kind of vegan source of omega-3s that I feel very comfortable with. And the more high lignin, the more you're going to get these phytoestrogens, which also has a little bit of fiber to it. So I found myself very satisfied in being here where the weather is so dry. We're in the great state of Texas. I need at least three tablespoons a day to keep the dryness away. Mm. 
I noticed that's one of your little tricks that's that you enjoy but I heard you say on television and you I, I can't believe the way your brain works you just rattled off a dozen or so of the really good fats that you like and you've been talking about you talk about a lone wolf <laughs> she's been talking about this for a long period of time and guess what science dietary science has caught up with Dr. Ann Louise Gittleman my guest right now Tell us about some of those good fats that can actually promote weight loss. The most important fat, when we do testing, and we'll do omega testing, so you take a little blood swatch, and there are laboratories in the country that now do that, and we'll test for all the different kind of fatty acids. Well, interestingly enough, people have gotten on the omega-3 bandwagon. They know that fish oil can thin the blood, for, number one, that it's good for your heart, good for your joints, good also for the brain. But what we haven't quite gotten on the, the bandwagon with is the importance of the good omega-6s, which is the GLA, the gamma-linolenic acid, which is the most deficient of all of the fatty acids and I have found since researching GLA for over I guess it's going on 35 40 years is that this particular substance which is found quite richly in black currant seed oil and borage oil or evening primrose oil is very important for acting as an activator to brown fat which effortlessly can make you lose weight so in overweight people, this can be quite inactive. It kind of can be dormant. You take a little bit of GLA, sometimes 360 milligrams a day. It'll wake it up. You will lose weight without doing anything, anything at all, not even exercising in a certain population of people. But the research also suggests that it's very helpful, this GLA, in terms of morning stiffness. You have so many people as they grow older become very arthritic. It's also important to get rid of psoriasis, for which there is no cure, and very important is a PMS stabilizer. So goodbye PMS, goodbye perimenopause with a little bit of GLA, and it's terrific for the skin. There are now items on the market that contain topical GLA that are very helpful in terms of moisturizing the inner dermal layers. Do you know Dr. Tori Hudson? She, she wrote in the same yes, journal I found yes. you in, the Townsend. She said that particularly women's health problems, and certainly PMS was one of them, endometriosis was another. She is like you. She was beating this drum decades ago. <laughs> she was talking about what you were just talking about, and that is gamma linoleic acid or barrage oils, uh, but the omega-6 fatty acids now. The good omega-6s. The good, okay, so here's what I want to ask you. As a guy who's studied in this field for a long period of time, I see, I don't know why they do this in multiples of three, but they have an omega-3 fatty acid, omega-6, omega-9, omega-12, and we're, we're hearing that three was the big boy, six, nine, and 12, eh, kind of stay away from those. But what you're saying is there are certain sixes that actually can promote good health and maybe even weight loss. Especially those that are unrefined. Now, we're not talking about the omega-6s from corn oil or soybean oil, right. for example, that can be refined and, and non-expeller right. pressed right. and filled with GMOs. We're talking about those that can translate and transform into the gamma-linoleic acid, which is the activated tissue-like hormone that does all the magic. And it's quite magical, quite frankly, for people that are suffering from hangovers. 
fibers. It's very good for the morning after. Hmm. And again, it's very good for the skin. It's good for the brown fat, good to get rid of arthritis, and very important for women's health. Sidebar here, and I don't normally do this uh, in our social media, but do you have a company that has uh, these rich and pure and clean and non-GMO oils available? I do. It's unikeyhealth.com, and we have been promoting our GLA 90s for the past probably 25 years as part of our Fat Flush program, which was the name mm-hmm. of my first book. The million seller, right? That you you took off on. Well, that, I, didn't I'm you? I'm very blessed. Yes, <laughs> it was it was a it was a good seller for us. But the concept was that you have to eat fat to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so I've just expanded upon that and have been able to offer the very ingredients that people need through nutritionally oriented and nutritionally evidenced testing that shows that they're deficient in. And again, so many people need these good omega-6s, it just boggles my mind. And is that U-N-I-K-E-Y? U-N-I-K-E-Y, UnikeyHealth.com, yes. Oh, UnikeyHealth. UnikeyHealth.com. Okay, good. I hope you folks are picking up on that. Um, When did you come to the realization, so many things in my life, I was big in food allergy. I'm the guy that started the food allergy uh, way back in the 70s. And, uh, and then a paper came across my desk that bugs, and this is something you and I studied simultaneously, parasites, protozoa, little germ bugs, uh, can breach the gut lumen and then out goes the food. So I went into the field of what's breaching, what's poking through the lumen of the intestine, and I so often saw the mycelium form of yeast poking over. Yes, yes. So I went off and began studying antibiotics, the damage they were really doing to the intestine and so forth. But you have hung in there for decades and studied these little critters. If I can veer away from fats for a moment, um, what has the past 30, 40 years taught you about parasites? Should we be concerned? Should we not? And the consensus in gastroenterology is, eh, these things probably don't exist to a large degree. (laughs) Well, I beg to differ. Uh, I became intimately involved with parasites, I would say, back in the early 70s when I studied with a woman who at the age of 84 stood in front of a class of would-be nutritionists and said, eight out of ten of you is carrying one or more hidden invaders, uninvited guests. So I'm going to give you a program, you all need to go on it, and you'll see what comes out you know, as part of your elimination. And lo and behold, all kinds of creatures came out from foot-long tapeworms to hookworms to these strange-looking creatures that were known as, as flukes as well as the scarus lumbricoides that look just like an earthworm. You cannot imagine all the worms that we dispelled that week in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It changed your world. It changed my life because I, first of all, was not a science person. I mean, an English religion, philosophy, drama queen, you name it, that's what I did in my younger day. But when I saw how dramatic this changed people's lives in eight days, it was an eight-day program back then. Things have changed now. We're in a different environment, different time. But it was amazing, Doug. I mean, I remember sitting in the class and learning that individuals that couldn't lose weight may have had tapeworm problems. I I learned that individuals that couldn't gain weight were loaded with worms. And sure enough, I went back to West Hartford, Connecticut, which is my hometown, home state of Connecticut, 
And I put all of my clients in those days on this particular program, and all kinds of things disappeared, from little lumps and bumps, which were diagnosed as benign tumors, to problems with sun sensitivity, I'll always remember that with a little boy, to ADD, to ADHD, to women that had acne, adult acne disappeared you know, when you did this particular cleanse. So getting rid of parasites, as far as I'm concerned, and getting rid of yeast, because the two seem to be proliferated in the same environment, you know, the same right. upset uh, microbiome, then all of that has been fueled by the high complex carbohydrate, high sugar, high fructose fruit diet. So now we got to go back to fat, stop all the fruit, stop all the disaster, because it's like putting gasoline, you know, on a, on on a, a, fire. Yeah. On a fire. We can't do that. We've got to stop it all from proliferating and reproducing and giving ourselves the building blocks of the right kind of tissue-like hormones that can reset your metabolism, that can reset your sex hormones, reset your stress hormones, and reset your appetite. Could it really be, folks, this easy? You and I have been on antibiotics since the time, probably many of you listening now, before you were born. Your mom took them because every pregnant woman has to take a special test and then go on antibiotics. Man, is that the easy sell. Um, and those can cross the placental barrier and can put those molds, antibiotics, or penicillium has a fungal metabolite. It's called penicillin. So those can cross the placental barrier and bang, away goes the lumen, the lining of the intestine, and gut leakage begins. Could it be this simple? Since fungus thrive and parasites thrive on the very sugars that enable their growth, could our cravings for sugar and chocolate and fruits of all kinds and, and all of the alcohol, et cetera, could that be brought on not so much by us, but these people, those these little critters that came to dinner, if I can borrow a passage sure. from a book you wrote many years ago, guess what came to dinner inside your intestine? It could be that simple. The antibiotics, folks, that we were put on just because we were one, because we were two, because our ear hurt, could have started this whole downhill slide to illness. Now, what you're saying is the foods we crave today are probably those not so much feeding us as feeding our bugs. Well, that is what was presented to me way back in Albuquerque, New Mexico in February of 1974, and to this day I do believe that's the case, because you begin to change yourself and your brain changes and your nervous system changes. These things crave instant sugar. They love milk, for example. They love grains. <clears throat> they love fruit. They love sugars of all kinds. They love alcohol. And so when you starve these little buggers by going on a particular program to, first of all, draw them out of their hiding places because they live within the bowel themselves. They're not going to come out in the stool test. No, the, most of them don't. Yeah. I mean, we even though... We do do stool tests, you know, through mm -hmm. my office because some people seeing is the only way to believe. Right, sure. But let me tell you something. There are 134 different types and varieties of parasites, worms, protozoa, you name it, in this country. And we do not have the ability to diagnose and to identify all of them. In the last minute we have, what is a take-home message? What do you want people to really hear from your mouth about eat fat, lose weight? I would say that by eating fat, not only will you lose weight, but you're going to also help your immune system. By eating the right kind of fat, you're going to be making the right kind of bile 
that breaks down fat so you can utilize all of the essential fatty acids that your body needs on a day-to-day -day basis. And you're going to be making quality bile to which your body throws all of its toxins to be eliminated through the system. So eating fat and losing weight is absolutely critical for good health in 2016. It's important for your children. It's important for every age and stage of your life, no matter whether you're a male or a female. And I think it's also important to understand that the right kind of fats is critical. We don't want to be eating margarine or hydrogenated vegetable oils. Even these liquid margarines that are out these days are still made with polyunsaturated non-expeller pressed GMO type oil, so that's not the answer either. So if people get to eat fat, lose weight, you're going to see recipes in there that will teach you how to use the right oils in breakfast, lunch, and dinner, in your soups, your stews, your sides, your drinks, your desserts. And it's very easy to just integrate that into the diet on a daily basis. And you'll see a difference in your skin, your hair, and your nails. That's first. And then your waistline, number two. It's diametric to what Dr. Gittleman and I may have learned in the 1960s and 1970s that you can actually lose weight by eating fat. Where did the word fat come from? Hey, you look fat. You must eat fat. Just not true at all. She has dispelled that myth in this book, which I'm certain will become another bestseller, Eat Fat, Lose Weight, Dr. Ann Louise Gittleman. Always a joy to be with you. Joy is, with, is for me to be with you. Mr. Kaufman. <laughs> you may call me Doug. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much, Anne Louise. Thank you for listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or tell a friend. For more, visit us online at knowthecause.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knowthecause.